Let's get into a healing word. Ready for that? Uh, healing words typically proceed healing manifestations. All right? And so we always like to get into the word. You know, Scripture says uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All right? That's why we teach the word so that faith can come. Someone said, I don't know if I have faith for healing. You will in a minute. I'm going to give you some word. You take that word, you'll have faith for healing. In other words, your faith level is correspondent to your word level. If you have a lot of word in your life, talking about understanding of that word, then your faith will be present. Yeah, it's not something hard. Faith isn't something you work up. Faith isn't something you, you grit your teeth and say, I'm going to believe. <laughs> no, that, see, that's fleshly. Faith, when faith is present, means I get it. This is going to work. I get it. I got this now. When the light turns on, you know you're no longer afraid of dying. You're no longer afraid of, the, of a condition remaining. You're not concerned about living with a condition or pain or, or diagnosis. When, you're, when, when faith is present, you're laughing. <laughs> on the inside, you're saying, well, this thing can't stay. This is not going to be a problem at all. Amen? And so if you do have a Bible uh, with you tonight or a Bible on your phone, uh, I invite you to turn with me to the book of Mark. Now, I'm not biased towards that book or anything, but <laughs> it just happens to be that that's where the scripture is that I was led to. <laughs> if you don't know what that means, that's my name. <laughs> that really wasn't up to me. I got named like everybody else. <laughs> Mark chapter 8. Did I tell you chap chapter Mark chapter 8, and I want to read about the healing of the, uh, the blind man at Bethesda, okay? In Mark chapter 8, beginning in verse 22, it reads here, Then uh, he came, he is Jesus there, came to Bethesda, and they brought a blind man to him, and begged him to touch him. Okay, get the picture. Jesus, going through Bethesda, these people brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. Now, now I just want to slow walk a little bit through this so you can see some of the principles that were at work that ended up in the guy being healed. Because that's what I'm interested, that's what you're interested in, the end result of being healed. So I see that there's something very valuable to people coming to Jesus. And when I say come to Jesus, uh, we're always going to him. Sometimes we're going to him through other people. In one sense, you could say that you have, if you've come for healing tonight, you're coming to me or to this church for healing, but ultimately you know we're not the healer. This church is not the healer. Uh, we're coming uh, to the Lord through a a you know, a family, a body that he has established. But it's ultimately coming to the Lord. But let me say it again then. There's something extremely important and valuable about people coming to the Lord for healing or, or, or getting, you know, friends to take you. Uh, when I read this and it says they brought him, I kind of read in, you, you can judge this, I read that the blind guy was with them in this. He was in agreement he was cooperating. It doesn't say they bound him hand and foot, right, and took him to Jesus. 
So a blind man needs assistance, typically, right? Needs assistance. So they were helping him. He may have initiated it for as far as I know. He may have gone to these people and said, get me to Jesus if he comes through town. It doesn't give us those details. But there's something about coming to the Lord. And how many know that's often inconvenient? Coming to a meeting like this can be, depending on the severity of someone's uh, uh, condition or the, you know, the, the, the busyness of their life, the degree of travel they must undergo, the traffic that is crazy around here at times. A lot of times going is inconvenient. And those who won't bother with the trouble of going after something like this, they're usually not troubled with being healed. <laughs> they, 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 they're not bothered with the power of God, right? They just live on with their conditions. They're, so there's something about going after it. There's something about saying, I'm getting there, even if it's really inconvenient. And travel in those days was more inconvenient for many people than us. And especially if you have a, a condition like blindness in your body. And so again, if people don't go through the trouble, they, they get to remain sick. All right. And so keep that in mind. I realize when I'm saying things like this, I'm in essence preaching to those who have already made the journey. Okay. Whether you live across the street or many miles away, uh, uh, these also go out, you know, online and on television and everything else. Uh, but sometimes, you know, you do pause when people have problem after problem and struggle and they got health problems and they're in a church like this. I realize there are many Christians, they don't know anything about this and their church never talks about it. And so they're probably going to die early. Okay. But if you're in a church that does do this, does talk about it, and yet they don't bother themselves to get there. You kind of understand. It's like, we don't want that for you. We don't want you to suffer. In fact, the Lord gave us direction. He spoke to us and gave us directive to have meetings like this for you. But if you won't take advantage of it, you know, that is on you, right? Okay. I'm just saying, they brought, this, guy came, this guy came to Jesus. And so uh, there are those who will... Uh, there are people that wait for others to initiate. And then there are those that go after it themselves. They say, I I'm going to start this. Here's what I mean by that. There are people that suffer and they sit back complaining that nobody cares. And they say, why doesn't, I mean, why doesn't this person, why doesn't the, the pastor, why doesn't my friends, why don't they come over and help me? Why don't they come over and pray for me? How many know that's not the right approach? You don't see that in Scripture. What you do see is people like this, who succeeded, who got their miracle, they went after it. Amen. That's kind of true with a lot of things in life. Whenever you're in faith about something, that faith is followed by doing, action, by preparing by making a way. It's like, it's like the person who says, I, I don't have uh, any friend, friends. I don't have any good relationships. I don't have that in my life like I want to. And I go to church and no one talks to me. And, and, and so I feel like I don't know anyone. 
Well, how many know if that person is really trusting God, which you ought to, we always ought to, don't sit back and complain, nobody likes me. First, we always, if you have a relationship with God, he knows everybody. He knows who your best friend ought to be. So you ought to get in faith. Say, Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm asking you to connect me with the right people. But then what do you do after that? Sit at home and wait for your, someone to knock on your door? I recommend being friendly. Even out of your comfort zone saying hi to someone. In a church like ours, you look, one thing you can do, not the only thing, you join ministry teams or life groups. And you do something believing that the Lord is leading you, that he will make connections, but I'm not going to sit back and, and, and just wait for everything to fall in my lap. I'm in faith. It, it's like if you were to, uh, if you're single and you're trusting God for a spouse. Well, how many know if you're in faith about that, it ought to be followed up with some kind of activity. Say, well, what kind of activity would that be? How about fixing yourself up? Making yourself the best you that there is. Instead of, you know, looking all frumpy. Looking undesirable. Say, this is a healing meeting now. God wants to heal your everything. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's how faith acts. Faith, faith trusts God and then says, okay, the Lord's sending me someone. Whether, it's your, whether we're talking about friendships like we were, and you're just going to make yourself like pleasant to be around. A delight, friendly, you're happy, you're upbeat. That will help. That's faith. If you want to get married, get your body in shape. Because you don't just marry spirits, right? right? I'm a Christian. And we just connect spirit to spirit. You better, you're going to have some body to body connection in this, in this marriage. So get your body the best you can make it. Comb your, fix your hair. Shave. Guys too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, make yourself act in faith. All right. Get a job. Right? If you're broke, you're not highly attractive to someone who wants to get married. If you're in debt, that's a hurdle to overcome. They may really like you and then find out your, fin your finances are a mess and go, huh, Lord, you want me to do this? So get in faith and start getting your house in order. You're more attractive if you're out of debt. Hallelujah. Let's get back to healing. What? What are you waiting on others to do? The question is, uh, meaning, I'm talking about sickness again now. It, it just applies to everything, but that same principle. But are you waiting on others to come to you 
Or are you saying, Lord, I'm trusting you, so I'm looking. Is there a person I know who can believe, who can pr pray, lay hands? Is there a service, a healing service? I I'm looking to take steps because I'm getting my healing. If you're single, I'm getting my spouse. You know, <laughs> if you want them, you, you don't have to. All right. And so sometimes, again, there are better locations for effective ministry. And this is really a key, and it's really important. Now think about where, he, where this guy was. He was in a place called Bethesda, like we mentioned. Uh, I don't know if you remember uh, anything else Jesus said or did in Bethesda, but the scriptures do reveal that they weren't the best crew there. All right? For example, in Matthew chapter 11 and verses 20 through 22, notice then he began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done. So what? A lot. A lot of mighty works. Because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you. What's that word? Bethsaida. Yeah, I said it wrong earlier, didn't I? Bethsaida. Did I say Bethesda? Man, I messed it up. Bethsaida. Uh, Beth, Beth, did I say it right now? Bethsaida. Yeah, okay. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. 22. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. Okay. So Jesus gave that rebuke to these cities, one of them being Bethesda. <laughs> I can't say the word right. Bethsaida. 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 Yeah. How many times did I say it wrong in the same message? I notice that when other people do it. <laughs> so, picture now. So Jesus is coming through town. Got the blind guy there saying, Lord, just touch him. That's the same place he was earlier rebuking these because he did miracles galore. There were mighty works done. And what was their response? Nothing. Hardness of heart. Unbelief. Okay? These, uh, Jesus expected that the miracles would be followed by repentance. God shows up. God moves in your life. It's time to change. It's time to have a proper response to God's blessings. Not stay the stinking old way that you always have been. God moves and we just, <clears throat> I'll take the healing and go back to my goofy sinful life. No, that's not what, what God wants. That's not what Jesus wanted. And he was not happy about it. And the spirit of the Lord came upon him and said, judgment day is going to be harsh for you guys. This is going to be trouble. All these mighty works done right before your eyes. How many know God does move and judgment really will be dispersed um, based upon what people knew? It's not two people doing the same work or lack thereof have equal judgment. It's what did person A know and what did person B know? And when someone has a display of God right before them, undeniable, the mighty works of God are done before them or in them, 
and then they turn away? Ooh, not good, Bob. <laughs> Amen. And so I don't think we should ever take uh, uh, God's grace lightly. It seemed Jesus, when, when, when he's going through there again, he already did mighty works. They didn't repent. And he wasn't going to honor their lack of response with more miracle ministry. Oh, yeah, let's just set up and have another meeting. So you guys can all thumb your nose at God. So you guys can all just harden your hearts and ignore everything. That, no, it just gets worse for him at that point. All right. So I don't think we should ever take God's grace lightly. How many know the 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 lack of judgment is not God's passivity towards sin. He's just full of grace and mercy. When, if we're goofing off and doing things wrong and living our lives the wrong way, and we're saying, well, I'm still here. Everything's okay. God must be okay with this. Stop, stop, stop. No, he is patient. He's merciful. He's kind. Jesus shed his blood for us. All those things keep away what we have, what we kind of really deserve. So never take it like, oh, God's okay with this. He's good with it. No, he's not. He's just really nice. Yeah. And so uh, God working in your life, again, is a great privilege, is a great blessing. The fact that you can see, the fact that I can see what's right and wrong. Man, how many people don't? How many people are deceived, greatly deceived, so confused? The fact that if you see it, if you can say, if you can see I should do this and shouldn't do this, you ought to say, thank you, Lord, that I can see that. Because it's by the grace of God that we know to do right. Amen. And so again, their, their lack of response to the miracle ministry of Jesus was part of the reason, I believe, why he had to take this guy out of town to get him healed. You might recall that, that Jesus was teaching. In fact, I'll read this to you as well. It's in Matthew chapter 12 about when an unclean spirit is driven out of a person. He, he said in, in, in Matthew 12, 43, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes to dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes out and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. So some demons are worse than others. And they enter and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. So it shall also, so shall it also be with this wicked generation. Okay? In other words, so he's saying when the, the, the well, the unclean spirit, it goes out, these other demons are looking for a place to, to live, to influence, to torment, to bring harm. Uh, what's the Lord saying? In essence, when, when bad goes out, good has to come in. So Jesus went to Bethsaida and he drove bad things out. What? Diseases, demons, a lot of harmful stuff. And their response was not to have any change, was not to invite the Lord in through repentance and change of mind and go in a different direction. No, they stayed the same, right? And so uh, uh, we have, whenever bad things are, are go, go out of your life, replace something. Replace that with the word. 
Replace that with the love of God, with being filled with the Spirit. We've got to stay full as to displace any future opportunity for the enemy to torment us. Okay? So again, Jesus now led the blind guy out of town because they, they had their opportunity. They hardened their heart. They were full of unbelief. And again, how many know it's sometimes more difficult to get the power of God working in someone when they are surrounded by those who are rebellious, hard-hearted, and full of unbelief? Sometimes one of the best things you can do to get your healing is get away from all that stuff. You have to separate. You have to get away because it's a hindrance to the power of God working on the level that it, 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 it really is supposed to work. Amen. It's the atmosphere of faith versus unbelief. Now, it also says here that Jesus spit on the guy. Uh, I just want to say that was not normal. That was not common. That was not method A. <laughs> We're not instructed to do that. Remember, Jesus said in Mark 16, lay hands on the sick, don't spit on the sick. Okay? And you can ask questions as to why. The, I mean, the, the deep answer, I don't know. The simple answer is the Lord, the Father showed him that. Because he said, I don't do anything except for what the Father shows me. So he was instructed to do that. All right? And that's why he did. How many know outside of a word from God that's clear for the moment, don't spit on people? <laughs> right? We don't take that as meth like again, method A. This is healing 101 here. <laughs> so we never want to make a habit of what Jesus did on rare occasion. Okay. We're open for the Lord telling us to do anything, but that's not, you know, just normal method. Now, uh, is it okay to ask people to check the results of your healing ministry? Well, that's what Jesus did, did in, 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 in that verse and, and, and at that at the end of verse uh, 23, he asked him if he saw anything. Do you see anything? Jesus said that. So uh, I would say, again, is that the automatic? Not necessarily. I don't see him always doing that, but sometimes he did that. In verse 24, and he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Okay. I want you to notice this blind man, what did he do when Jesus said, do you see anything? He, he did what? He looked up. He looked up and communicated what he saw. How many know blind people don't normally look up? Blind people aren't going to go in order to see something. So you can see faith is already working in this guy. Faith is shown in part by his response to what Jesus told him to do. All right. I kind of want to say something else that, you know, could sound wrong if you've ever been, you know, like taken advantage of or something in this way. Uh, but I, here's what I want to say. If you come to the preacher for help, do what the preacher says. 
If you think, well, you know, some of these preachers, they just want something from me. Then then go somewhere else. You should go where you trust people, that they have your best interest at heart. God's not leading you to be abused. You know, sheep abuse or anything like that, or someone taking stuff or just taking advantage. No, go somewhere where you trust so that when the preacher, when the preacher says, look up, you know, I better look up because my miracle may be hinging on this. I've had times when I've literally been saddened in my heart after I told someone to do something easy and they kind of chuckled like I was joking. And in relationship to healing. Now do this. They kind of, yeah, I don't need to do that. I can already, you know, basically I can already feel that you know, it's there or it's not there or something like that. And, and they kind of brush it off and don't do it. And they don't know because I'm not going to force people. That's not faith anymore. I'm not forcing anyone to do anything. And if they don't respond, they don't recognize what God's doing. And I thought, I'm, I'm obviously I'm think, thinking of situations, but I can't communicate everything publicly. But I'm thinking, you don't know what you just did. You don't know. You just turned away your miracle. You chuckled, chuckled, and thought your healing's coming another way or something. Oh, I'm I'm saddened inside. Like, you could have had the victory right here, but you just blew off what I said to you. Like, I'm just saying, let's go get a cheeseburger. We're in the middle of prayer and ministry, speaking the word of the Lord, using the name of Jesus. Remember, tools? I don't play with them. I'm not joking around in that situation. It's like, this is heaven's business right here. And this guy responded. What, what would happen if Jesus said, now, now, now do you see anything? Or, uh, and if he just said, oh, I'm blind. Well, how could I see anything? I mean, you, you led me out of here by your hand. And you know, I can't even go anywhere by myself. Why are you telling me this, asking me if I can see anything? So he didn't do that. Thank God he didn't. Jesus said, look, Tell me, do you see anything? He looked up. He responded by, by acting. And he said he sees uh, men like trees walking. And so we can see that it's right in healing to do things that you couldn't do before the prayer or, the, or spitting or laying on hands. It's right to do things. Normally you wouldn't look up to see but now that ministry has been offered, it is right to look up and see. It is right to look up and use that organ that previously didn't work. Now you use it. Remember Jesus went into the temple that one day and there was that guy with the withered hand. And Jesus, uh, I think he had him stand up, uh, but he he told him, stretch out your hand. Well, withered hand, whatever that looked like, they don't stretch out. <laughs> but how many know that person's response to Jesus' command, even though he's telling them to do something impossible, he stretched it out and kabam, the power of God hit it. And so, anyway, he, he saw men as trees walking. Um, how many know Jesus didn't, wasn't satisfied with that? He didn't say, well, that's pretty good then. I mean, he's better than before. I mean, before you were blind as a bat, and now you can see. I mean, at least you see some, you know, some movement. I mean, you can get around a little bit better. 
Just be happy with that, because some people are totally blind. <laughs> and at least you have partial sight. Yay! We're going to call that a victory. <laughs> no. Uh, apparently, partial results should not be accepted as final. It's like how some people interpret the will of God by what they see happen. Other people find out the will of God and force it to happen. See, some will say, well, we pray and nothing happens, so you know the Lord's will be done. He's in control. Those kind of people don't get any results. That kind of language is anti-faith. The God is in control language, I mean. It's anti-faith. Because it sits back, it would accept this as the final word. It would, it would just say, okay, we got good results and, you know, we got some partial results. But no, the, the, the faith in God does not accept partial results. You know, it's kind of like uh, when people say, Lord, now we ask you to complete the healing. Well, did you ask him in the beginning to do a partial? <laughs> Why are you asking to, for him to complete? Hallelujah. Everybody okay? Should we talk about finding a spouse? We can go. <laughs> Amen. So what we're saying here is this is Jesus, how Jesus, how the master, Jesus, how he dealt with the blind person, how he dealt with partial results. And he did this in verse 25. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and, and made him look up. And, and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Okay, now this isn't standard practice from what we read in Scripture. Jesus didn't typically lay hands twice on people. So that's not what we're getting from this. That if you really want to be healed, you got to have a double. Boom and boom. But it does tell me that that would be acceptable at times too. That sometimes that would be right. That's biblical. But it's not like the method. Everyone needs to go through the line twice. No, because again, this is the only time we see this. But we do see that Jesus did this. And by the way, he laid his hands on his eyes again. That's not praying again. Because he never prayed the first time. Remember? Did the spitting. Did the laying on of hands. There was no prayer offered. We're not, we're not saying. Jesus is not teaching. You ask and then if you look around. Oh man, I'm still broken. Ask again. No, 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 no. That, that's opposite of faith. All you're doing is saying, I guess you didn't hear me the first time. So I'm coming back again. What, what Jesus is dealing with is the person. He's not dealing with the will of God. He knows the will of his Father. All right? What he's dealing with is that person receiving. And he's getting partial results. And it's like, I don't know, it's kind of like, uh, hit him again. <laughs> you know, like they do with the defibrillator. Clear. Right? I know this for movies, so far, sorry for you medical people. But you know better, but I know the movies. Clear! Boom! And then they check for the heart and all this kind of stuff. And if it's not beating, you know, they turn it up a little bit, I think. 
give me whatever the number, and boom, and get, started, get, get the heart started beating. It seems kind of like that. It's kind of like, uh, you know, if you're driving a nail in the wall, you get that nail in and hit the head, and boom, you know, you weren't as good as Miyagi and Daniel-san, get it in the first time all the way. But you hit it and it goes partially in. What do you do? Hit it again, right? Just drive it in. And, and, and sometimes the power of God can work that way. Someone gets shot and they get some results and Jesus said, well, clear. <laughs> and he put his hands on him again. Amen. Now watch, this is different than having hands laid on you every month at a healing service. Well, I've had this condition for two years and every month I go down there to get hands laid on me. Can I tell you something? Quit it. Not quit it because God doesn't want you well. Not quit it because I don't want to minister or others don't want to lay hands on you. Quit it because that's not working. All right. This is not a lottery. One of these times lightning's going to strike and I'm going to get healed like other people get healed. No, there needs to be a revelation in you. And it's not just, if I do this enough times, maybe one of these times I'll get healed. Slow way down and say, I'm going back to the Word. I'm going to read the Word. I'm going to listen to these messages on healing. I'm going to get this in me, and I'm not going to have hands laid on me until I know I'm getting it when they are. Okay? So I don't want us to interpret it in, in that way. We're not just going to be led by sight. We're going to get in faith. Now, this also stands out to me. Everybody still okay? The second, so Jesus had him the first time. He said, do you see anything? The guy looked up. The second time, Jesus said, look up. Now, I'm adding that tone because it's obviously written. But the second time, he made him look up. It looks to me like Jesus is getting more aggressive. He got some results, did the spitting, did the... I mean, this is an extreme healing ministry right here. And the guy gets partial results... I wonder if inside of Jesus, he's like, grr. Like, oh no, this blindness is not going to be allowed to stay. Oh, absolutely not. Or see walking away, seeing men as trees walking. And because he seems by the verbiage here, he gets more assertive. He lays hands on him again. He says, now look up. Again, whether you think he said it like that or not, but he made him, he says it, he made him look up and he was restored. And I think that attitude is something that we need to have in ourselves. We are going to not be gentle with the devil. We're not gentle with sickness or disease. We're, we need to be aggressive. Be, be aggressive. <laughs> we demand results. Now, if you're new here, I'm not talking demanding God to do stuff. Don't read it that way. That's not what I'm saying at all. We're demanding circumstances to change, bodies to be made whole, demons to be driven out. I will not permit this to stay. It has got to go. And if and you're making me put my hands on you again? Oh no. <laughs> you have messed with the wrong faith guy here. Right? 
In other words, there's something in us that says, no, I'm not going to allow it. It's going to leave you now. And that's the attitude that Jesus had. We're going to do whatever it takes until your body works perfectly. So we have this inward conviction that we're not going to permit a curse to remain in us. Just not going to have it. Now this guy was restored. Now how many know you can't be restored unless you were stored? So, <laughs> in other words, it seems to be that this guy's condition was not something he was born with, but he became blind at some point. Otherwise, it wouldn't use the word restored, right? He, he, he was restored. And by the way, how did he know what men and trees look like? So he probably knew what these things, that's why he could make that comparison. Verse 26, then he sent him away to his house saying, neither go into the town nor tell anyone in the town. Why did Jesus do that? I think it's for the same reason that he took him out of town. That town's trouble. That town, they're going to be a problem for you. Uh, they're not getting this blessing right now. And they're not going to, I don't want them to take it away from you. I don't want their unbelief to get in you. So dude, just go home. They'll hear about it eventually. I got a guy named Mark. He'll write a book. <laughs> Put it in there. And, uh, and sometimes that's, that needs to be us. We get our healing. What do we do? Be smart about who we're around. Be wise about what we listen to next. Some people will totally talk you back into your disease. They'll speak negative and say, oh, yeah, that's that healing stuff. You know, that's that, that faith stuff. That's fake. I don't believe anything. You'll start questioning whether you even got anything before you know it. There it is. It's back. So let's be sm as smart as this guy and listen to the word of the Lord. And even after we get stuff, who do I tell? Who do I not tell? Where, what's the best way to, to walk this out? If you're already surrounded by people of faith, you're, you're good. All right? And, uh, but if, if there's a situation where you're not real strong in it, like this, I've had people walk out of these services and literally, I think they were being carried by the faith of, of others and helped so much because they say, I, I, I can hardly believe it. <laughs> I can hardly believe it, but it's working. I can hardly believe it, but the pain's gone. And I'm thinking, dude, you need to not get around people who don't believe in this right now because you're struggling to believe it yourself. I don't want it coming back on you or like the, the demon who left and got his seven buddies to come back. You need to stay around some faith people, right? And that's why being in church not only to get your answer, but being in church afterwards is huge. And hearing the word consistently, being built up regularly, surrounding yourself with people of faith and love, we all need this. I need this. I've been preaching this for years, and I need this. I need to be around the positive preaching of God's word that declares his promises and what can happen in my life. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, let's stop right there for now. Father, thank you for what you're doing in here.